welcome to Beer Here Now, the official Thornbridge Brewery podcast. Hello, I'm James. And I'm Adam. And uh, here we go then with May's edition of Beer Here Now. We have three beers that we're going to be trying. One is a brand new beer. A couple you may have come across before, but um, it's kind of a couple of things that have changed. So we'll, um, we'll talk about those in a bit. Uh, first of all, let's uh, meet who is with us on this month's edition of Beer Here Now. Uh, first of all, production manager at Thornbridge, Dominic Driscoll. Hey. Hi there. Uh, we also have George Timms, who is sales manager. Hi, George. How you doing? You're right. Uh, now uh, we've heard from you on the podcast before, uh, and we're going to be getting to know you a little bit better in behind the beer a bit later on. Um, I think we should start this as we mean to go on by opening up one of the beers. So uh, the first beer that we're going to be looking at is California Sun. Um, George, this is um, a beer that's been around. Certainly, I've I've seen it on a bar or two um, in the past but here we are with it in Cannes. Yeah so we first did this for May's year of beer uh, in 2018. It was originally just set to be in cask as a one-off um, and it was just went down an absolute storm ended up brewing it twice over because of the popularity. Uh, it then got brewed again for July August for the craft beer residency for the California takeover in Michelin Butler's um, and then we did it in keg again later that year around October so it was very exciting for us um, and you know probably thought we might not ever see it again such as the way with some beers and then sort of later down the line we got we got the kind of need for for you know a can seasonal product uh, and this one just sprang straight to mind with it being at 4.5 percent and coming into you know the May spring summer time it was perfect. So it is um, a, a West Coast session IPA. Now, of course, West Coast beers seem to be kind of having that resurgence at the moment. This year seems to be, um, you know, a lot more, uh, a lot more of them. I kind of get the impression of what you said there. This was a kind of a beer that you just expected to just be around for a little while, and yet it's never really kind of, you know, gone away. Sort of, yeah. I mean, obviously, the lapse in time from it being in keg to a can was about six months. Uh, but there was, after we kegged it, no no immediate plans to bring it back into to small pack whatsoever. Um, it was down on the, the year of beer list again in May 2019, just because of the popularity from last year, but just solely in cask. So it was a bit of a surprise for a lot of people to see it in can, um, but something we're really looking forward to to have throughout the summer, really. Okay, um, Dominic, you're the guy to tell us more of the kind of the ins and outs of the uh, the beer. Um, just looking at the hops, it's kind of all the C's, this one, isn't it? Yeah, the four C's, the classic uh, combination, uh, very familiar to. I think we make the same with Bear State as well, um, but this is slightly different proportions. Scaled down a bit with the same sort of hop punch, so you still get that same kick of hops. You do. It's got um, a real kind of crisp bitterness to it as well, hasn't it? That's, yeah, um, yeah, it's about 35, 40 EBU. So. Right. As we kind of record this, it's it's a beautiful um, sunny day here and has has been for the last couple of days, kind of a little mini heat wave that we've got going on. Um, Adam, this is a, a real perfect kind of summery beer, isn't it? It is, yeah. I didn't manage to get this last year either, so it's my first try this, this week. Um, I had it on cask at the Bath Hotel um, this week, I think, or last week it was. Um, and it's, it's become my new favourite mid four percent Thornbridge beer, I think. But on on, on um, in can, it's, really, it's just really like it's got nice bitterness to it, which I think it would kind of smoothed out a little bit in cask. But 
Yeah, I'm really enjoying this. Um, uh, George, obviously, you're the guy that's out kind of selling this. Where are people going to be able to pick it up? So the aim is obviously, you know, to get it far and wide internationally as well. But uh, in the UK, you can obviously get it from all our pubs in Sheffield and uh, in Derbyshire, uh, the tap room as well. But, you know, you'll see it out and about in Manchester, Leeds, London, as always, and all the places in between, really. It's just kind of look of look of the draw. It's not in any supermarkets. It is, you know, it is out there just kind of finding those independence bars and re- uh, retailers, really. So good luck, I guess. Okay. Um, uh, George, next thing on my list to, uh, to ask you about, um, it just says here, necessary evil ask george i'm intrigued yeah i mean i don't know an awful lot but i can at least you know divulge some information for those people that want to know what those two words mean um so some of you guys may have seen it around in keg at 12 percent. so it was a you know imperial stout with a few flavorings so we did coconut vanilla chocolate um and vanilla and chocolate i think um so that was kind of been rocking around for the last six months or so, but this is actually the base beer with flavourings of something we've had in uh, bourbon barrels for the last nine, 12 months or so. Um, and basically we're preparing to release it into bottles at, at 13%, um, just straight up bourbon barrelation imperial stout um, pretty immediately, but it's about as much as I can say for now. But yeah. Wow. Okay. Um, this sounds exciting. 13%. Yeah, pretty pretty strong stuff, but there's only going to be about nine thousand bottles, which is you know not a lot really for for a brewery of our size and sort of you know in relative to how far it's going to go far and wide. So you know we're hoping when it's released, it's going to be one of those things people want to get their hands on and hold on to it. Maybe buy two cases, drink one, you know, within the first year and put the rest in the cellar or whatever for later. Yep, yep, makes sense, makes sense. Um, so is this one a case of just keep an eye on the uh, on the old socials for for more information? Yeah, we're just kind of getting the finishing touches to it. The beers are labelled and ready to go. It's just uh, getting the PR stuff ready to roll. Really. Okay, sounds good. Um, one other thing that I think is is worth mentioning while we drink um, California Sun is that the um obviously as we get into these kind of summer months as i say we kind of got this mini heat wave that we've got at the moment it's getting a little stuffy in the studio already um the the tap room um what what's kind of the plans in terms of the opening over the the summer there so we basically increased the opening hours like quite dramatically compared to what they used to be so i think it's it's always it's well the shop's open from nine o'clock monday uh, to friday um and we're always open until at least five i think tuesdays and wednesdays and thursdays it's till at least six o'clock while fridays and saturdays are actually eight o'clock so saturdays we never used to be open full stop and now it's 12 to late which has proven really popular but you know it's a bit of a sun trap on the afternoons when the weather's like this not sure, you know, what the weekend holds, but, you know, we'll still be open and there's a big range of beers you can buy them to take out or drink in, so it's pretty much a winner. Um, Adam, me and you um, were up at the yes. uh, the tap room during um, the, the, the summer last year. Yeah, we I was just trying to remember what it was. there in the sunshine. Uh, and it is a really good place to spend the day when the weather's nice, isn't it? Yeah, it's perfect. I mean, you've got, you've got so much space outside and, um, yeah, it's just, just it's like you said, it's just a sun trap, really, especially if you get that sort of midday kind of time getting around the back of there, but... Yeah, get the uh, the beer straight from the source. Really, it's, it's a perfect time to go. Absolutely, and um, plenty of buses and, and other ways of getting up there as well. So, um, yeah, that's good. Um, right then, so um, California Sun, Adam, final thoughts? Uh, really good, really sessionable. Uh, it's got that nice bitterness. It's nice to see something that's kind of got that bitterness back. I think, and um, just really quaffable, and I'm really enjoying it. That strength as well. Cause it kind of it kind of tastes a little bit stronger than it than, than that. I think. 
Um, second beer that we've um, got is, um, it's a collaboration beer. It's one that I've not tasted yet. Um, so this is uh, Vida, which is a collaboration with Siren. Um, it's a Brute IPA that comes in at um, 6%. Um, George, tell us the, the kind of the story behind um, Vida. So it was, again, one of those things where conversations were started. Um, we worked with Siren for a number of years at Pecanda, and obviously, you know, we've drank their beers all around the country, and I'm sure likewise. Um, we were having a conversation ahead of going to a, a beer trade show with them in Edinburgh about doing something with Sheffield Beer Week that never actually managed to materialise. Um, and one of those things that was mentioned was, you know, doing a collaboration for Sheffield Beer Week uh, and doing a top take to support it. The latter didn't happen, but the collaboration did. Uh, we've never worked together, you know, brewing before, so... It kind of just came about and perfect timing really again for spring summer with a kind of brute IPA at 6%. You definitely won't taste the strength, but you know, it'll still be super refreshing. So it's, it's kind of perfect timing for the, the beer we were planning on doing. Um, Dominic, um, brute IPA is a, a one of the styles in the last 12 months that, that's really emerged as a, as a, as a kind of a popular one. Yeah. Um, what, what's, what's kind of um, goes into making a, a brute IPA? Because obviously I'm guessing it's more complicated than kind of what you class as being a standard beer. Uh, well, the guy who invented them in America, his, his name's Kim. Uh, he's, about nine years ago, he spent time at Thornbridge. So we sort of we know him from then. Uh, and so it was kind of nice. I know Siren had done a couple of decent attempts at a brut, so it just seemed natural to sort of make one with them. But basically the, the idea is to, is to add an enzyme to the mash or, or to the fermenter, which really brings out the dryness. So all the starch ferments into, sorry, or breaks down into sugar so the yeast can ferment it. Uh, and then you want it nice and clear, effervescent, uh, dry, very light. Uh, basically like the opposite of a, a New England sort of uh, IPA. Adam, me and you have talked before about brute IPAs, um, and I think both of us have said that um, it's a style that we're not necessarily a huge fan of, but when it's done well, yeah. it's very enjoyable. I've only had a couple of mouthfuls of this, but immediately it's got a real crisp, quite simple taste to it that I think this um, seems to be a real nice kind of clean drink. Yeah, I mean, there seems to be some some of the ones we've had this year have either been near the here or there, really, and just kind of sort of missing the mark on either side. But yeah, on first first taste, of this it does actually have a lot more flavour. I think it kind of misses some flavour. Some of the ones I've had in the past have been a bit kind of almost kind of insipid or something. I mean, kind of something missing somewhere. Um, but this seems to kind of be on the right side for me. It's got it has got a hot flavour, but it's not like I said, it's not, it's not too overly fussy in any way. Yeah, it does it does it really well and I'm um yeah, I'm enjoying this actually. It's really, really good. Um it's definitely something that I'd um enjoy sitting out in the uh, in the sunshine later this evening and having um another one. Um right, George, we're gonna get to know you a little bit better on behind the beer. Yeah, so you've been chosen this this month, George. Um so we'll start we'll start off with um so how'd you kind of find yourself ending up working at Thornbridge? Um, it's not quite the dream story really. Um, <clears throat> I dropped out of sixth form when I was 17 and had no idea what to do. And my dad just kept telling me to just kind of, you know, leave education. It's just obviously not the kind of thing you, you know, you want to do. It's, it's not really for you. And I'm just fighting that because that's what you're told at that age is education, education, education. And somehow I found myself in front of Rob Levin and Sam Webster being like, what do I do? And they were like, yeah, just, you know, join the, join the brewery operative team, you know, get your, 
you know, get used to and kind of get starting on that sort of, you know, progress line. I never really wanted to be a brewer or anything. I was 17, so I couldn't really drink beer either. So it was just uh, <laughs> something completely new to me. So I joined the guys in September 2014. So I've been there five oh, wow. years now. Uh, no, it's 13, 2013. So even, yeah, longer. Um, so yeah, I started on the brewery optive side and then uh, worked my way up, I guess. Oh, so, you, so you've got, you've, you've made a kind of complete sort of shift in, in role, really, I mean. Yeah, it, may, I, it either means I'm not very good at one thing or I'm good <laughs> at multiple, but, I'm, you know, I'll leave that for Dom to answer. No, I, I feel like you proved yourself on the team, so it was time for you to <laughs> take, the step, take the step up. Yeah, no nudges involved, obviously. I've done a little bit of research on you, but not much, but enough to kind of sort of probe a few things. Oh, no. <laughs> so, um, from what I understand, you're not solely based in Bakewell. Um, so, what's the like, typical week? week uh, well, it, it depends on what's really going on at the brewery. Um, these last six months have been super intense just the production planning side of it as well which is something that i'm involved in minorly um and just the sales side alone with you know all sorts of new listings has meant i've actually been in the office more than ever but right. you know prior to that in the summer of last year it was you know london two times a week sort of thing heading down to see customers and you know do that kind of thing and doing beer festivals and whatnot so i mean standard sort of week is like four days in the office and maybe one day out but it just depends on what's really going on so what, what would you say is your go-to um, Thornbridge beer at the minute? Uh, and just a follow-up question. Is there any upcoming that you're particularly looking forward to introducing clients and customers to? Yeah, so my favourite is probably between Halcyon and Zara. Um, Zara was the only sort of lager style we did when I first started. Um, and being 17, you drank Budweiser, Fosters and the likes the whole time. So you kind of got introduced to something to ease you in. Um, it was Jaipur and Zara straight away when I turned 18, obviously. Um, and Zara was the one that kind of stood out to me and has stood out to me ever since as being the kind of perfect beer for me. My friends, when they started going to Thornbridge pubs, because obviously, you know, normal 18-year-old doesn't find themselves there really, all loved Zara because it was the closest thing to a lager. It was it was perfect, um, and it's just stuck with me, really. It's, it's never not in my fridge. So, um, And then Halcyon was just, you know, 7.4%, and you've never seen beer that strong when you're that young, <laughs> unless you're drinking special brews. So, um, and a hop character like that is just something I've never drank before. Immediately loved it, the tropical fruit flavors. But again, that's more of a special occasion beer for me. Um, so, yeah. And then the one I'm looking forward to, um, I'd probably say we've got one called Zesty coming out, which is a tangerine summer wheat beer, which is July's beer of the month. Um, that's going to be, you know, really exciting. Hopefully the weather's like last year, so it's just the perfect smashable pint, really. So that's my kind of style, style just drinkable. And cool. Yeah. That's great. So if there were one beer from another brewery that you wish was part of the Thornbridge range that you could be out there selling to customers, what would that be and why? Um, it'd probably detriment the sales quite dramatically, <laughs> but sort of like Augustina Hells is a favourite, and that's partially thanks to Dom and Rob for making me think that lager was the best best thing in the world, you know, all the way. Um, so that's the the perfect example of lager to me. And you know, when you see it, even in, when they've got lagers on tap and that's in bottle in the fridge, and you know, being a bit of a you know brewery based person, I check the date on everything. But you know, when it's in a good day, it's something I can't resist really. So that'd be the one. So last month we had um, we had James Buxton on. Um, we asked him about um, what he'd like to do outside of the beer world, and he came up with drinking beer with his friends. <laughs> he did. Um, so I just wondered, outside of the beer world, what's, what's your kind of passion or what do you like to do? It's sort of the same thing. Um, <laughs> but, you know, obviously uh, I'm a big foodie as well, so eating out and stuff and, and travel, kind of the things all young 20-year-olds try and do when they have some money. Uh, but Sheffield Wednesday fan, 
um, on the other side of things and Sheffield FC fan for those non-league football fans. So I spend most of my time up there because it's a damn sight cheaper and we have the pub next door. Excellent, so it's just yeah. a winner-winner, really. <laughs> Brilliant. Well, as, as usual, we'll give you some kind of quick-fire ones, but I think you might have answered some of these questions. Is, but, um, on a beautiful day like today, a pint of Lucas or Florida Vice? Uh, probably Florida Vice. Uh, sour or Saison? Uh, sour every time. Pale or Porter? Pale. Imperial Stout or Double IPA? Imperial Stout. Cask or Keg? Uh, I'll pass because I don't think there's a right Ooh. answer to that. It's weather dependent. Oh, today then? Uh, cask probably actually. Ooh, wow. start, start the day off. You've got to start with it. If it's a good pub, it's going to be perfect, isn't it? So A bottle or can? Pass again. I don't think there's a real right answer. So I was looking on your Twitter account and you seems that you like to go like burgers. Yeah. Apparently. So I'm going to go chicken burger or beef burger. Uh, if we're being really kind of picky, you know, if I'm at Mackey's and it's the worst quality burger in the world, I'll go chicken, but in a proper burger joint, always beef. All right then, so on that one, McDonald's Big Mac or Burger King Whopper? Whopper. I had a fantastic one with Sam Webster <laughs> off the A1 the other month. Um, he'll he'll definitely, you know, preach that as well. So it's, it's a Whopper for me. Brilliant. Thanks, George. No worries. Thank you, George. Um, so closing thoughts on uh, Vida. Dominic, coming to uh, to you on this one. So uh, uh, obviously it's a beer that you'll have tasted many times, yeah. but um, what's your kind of closing closing thoughts on it? I'm really proud, really great to work with the guys from Siren. Uh, I've known them since they, you know, before they were a brewery. I did the second brew there as well with the head brew at the time, just when they were learning the kit. So yeah, it was great to see Darren and we had, we had a really good chat about how we were going to do it. And I feel like we, 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 we got the right result end so really really refreshing really light beer very effervescent and um, very easy easy to just stick one in the fridge and save for later so i must say i've really really enjoyed it i think it's um it's a, it's a real success in the in the style that um that you've done there so um yeah well done um so one more beer that we're going to try and this is one that a lot of people listening will probably be familiar with although maybe not in in bottle so this is strawberry lucharia um, which is, I mean, it's been around, George, hasn't it, for for a while in a, in, in a few different sort of ways. It was around for a, a bit in, in kind of different flavour varieties and things like that. Just just tell us kind of how we come to find strawberry um, Lucharia in, um, in, in bottles. So the first Lucharia brew was actually a 6% straight-up ice cream porter with the Grove from Huddersfield. For those crappier fans, they've probably all been there with the weird taxidermy and God knows what on the walls. Um, and that was, I think... I think it was summer 2017, if I'm right in thinking. So the complete wrong time for an ice cream porter, potentially. Well, so it felt like at the time, dark beer in summer, you know, people have that assumption. Um, and then... It proved really popular, you know, I think that was probably helped by the Buxton on Apollo movement, but we were doing it in cask, which is what they were not doing, I guess. So, cask ice cream porter, brand new thing to the, to the sort of market, um, and we, you know, brewed that on and off for, what must have been, yeah, until May 2018, which was around Magic Rock Seshfest Festival. Uh, we were obviously proud to be attending to that as one of the breweries. Uh, and the idea came to do a 4.5%, because it had to be sessionable, uh, version of Lucacharia. Uh, but we thought, you know, with it coming to the warmer months again, let's let's tweak the flavourings. Uh, and we went for strawberry as the first flavour of the, of the Lucaria series. That, again, was in cask. Um, the popularity of that just went strength to strength, and it started being asked for it every week, which I couldn't believe. Neither could the brew teams, to be honest with you. I don't know if they're still happy about the popularity. Um, and then came Salted Caramel, which I'd suggest is probably the most popular of the lot. I think that's just a sweet tooth stream. is what we actually use in the tasting notes as well. 
Again, that was in cask. Uh, and then a one that you might never have seen was Mint Choc Chip. That was part of um, the Beer Hawk advent calendar for those people that managed to pick that up. And it popped around on festivals on keg. And then lastly was Rocky Road, which was January's Beer of the Month on cask. So, yeah, we've covered a fair few styles. Um, and then we had, you know, an opportunity to brew... I guess a seasonal beer again the slot open in the brew plan uh we thought let's do a dark beer and strawberry out of the lot seemed the most appropriate to probably put into packaged format just again because the warmer weather i think it's strawberries and cream sort of wimbledon season sort of beer thing so you know that's where we are and you know we're really kind of happy with it it's probably what everyone wanted to see i think you know people will be like why is it not salted caramel or mint chocolate chip or whatever but you'll get that no matter what flavor you do i think really so yeah i mean it's described on the uh the label isn't it as com- combining uh the neapolitan ice cream flavor so there's a bit of chocolate there there's a bit of vanilla there there's a bit of strawberry there and and they all do come through in their in their own way don't they yeah it's it's, it's got more subtle than you can get if you get something out there it might be quite almost sickly it doesn't really have any sickly feel to it and it's not overpowering anyway so it's quite nice it's very nice and balanced um it is very different to having it on cask um i don't know whether it's the, the beers i've had before but it, it seems to have a bit more a bit more like bite to it than um i were expecting it to but um i don't know if everyone else is getting that or whether it's just i the, think uh, i think that's due to the carbonation is, yeah. is obviously increased so it's a bit spikier with, with yeah, yeah, so that's with the, the usually the factor i think on yeah. cask it's super smooth because the temperature but obviously it's a little bit colder and the carbonation yeah, just kind of kind of yeah, pumps it up a little bit. Uh, Dominic, from the kind of production point of view of um, of of this, I mean, um, kind of you know, porter a, a style that's done a, a lot, but achieving something that combines all those different flavors. How how big a challenge is that? It's actually quite a lot of fun. You know, we have a laugh in the brew team about not really wanting to do these sorts of beers, but we all end up drinking at the end of the day and, <laughs> and actually enjoying them. Um, but basically, we get a load of flavorings and we have to do a lot of trials in the lab. We get all the brewers involved and. Because we've all got different taste, taste sort of thresholds and quite good fun just to make sure that we get the, the right Neapolitan sort of flavours coming across. But not overpowering so it doesn't get too sickly. It's actually a really good base porter underneath. Uh, lots of chocolate malt, lots of wheat malt and some vanilla. Very expensive vanilla. And so that, that gives us the base beer that's very silky smooth and, and sort of then we can put a bit more on top and hopefully get a final product. So. Yes, it's um, it, it's it's weird, George. You t- kind of talking about um, kind of the the time of year and, and and the seasonal element to it, because you would associate porters naturally with kind of the winter months rather than the the summer months. Uh, but this, particularly with it being kind of at that that four point five um, percentage, um, it it does it does have a kind of a real summery feel to it, doesn't it? Yeah, that's kind of what we aim for, I suppose. Um, it's one of those things where you always, in, a, in part of a sales team, you may only have one cask beer that's dark and one keg beer that's dark and likewise on bottle. So we always get criticised, as I'm sure every brewery does, for leaving the dark beer fans out of it. So to drop a summer release that's a dark special alongside, you know, two IPAs that we've tasted earlier, I think was, you know, a nice move. And it means you can pick up three completely different beers at the same time. I mean, we released them in the same week, which was stupid planning perhaps from our point of view, but, you know, good fun at the same time. But, you know, it, it kind of fits perfectly into where, where we are today, I guess. Okay, a um, few other things just for us to um, to chat about. Um, George, Firestone Walker. Yes, yeah, so uh, we're lucky enough to be going over to the Invitational, I think, again this year. The first time was last year. Dominic's the lucky one to go and attend, unlike me. He'll be sat in Bakewell, I'm sure. Um, so you'll probably be able to say a little bit more about it than I would, but, you know, we are really excited to be to be heading over to the States. Yeah, so last year we, we sort of based ourselves in San Francisco and did a lot of the breweries up there, did a lot of research. And this year it'll be all San Diego based, so we're going the other way. Um, I mean, it's, it's all a lot of hard work and uh, research. <laughs> so. 
It sounds it sounds good fun. If you need anyone to you know go with you, maybe to do a bit of podcasting along the way, you know, uh, both Adam and I are, are, are available. Um, obviously, we're, we're kind of counting down the the final few days of of May before we get into June, which of course means another month on the uh, the year of beer. So, uh, what have we got coming up in June? So, I hope I'm pronouncing this right for the brewery guys, but it's Elio. Uh, so, it's a 4.7% summer ale. So, we are really banking on a year like last year, to be honest with you. It rains the whole time. <laughs> it's going to be dreadful. But, yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be, hopefully, a really sessionable, easy-drinking summer ale, perfect for days like today when you're not inside a studio and, you know, you're sat in that beer garden with a, with a quaffable pint. It's kind of perfect, I suppose. But, yeah, that should be around, you know, the first week of June immediately. You'll probably see it in pubs, you know, towards the, the midpoint, as always, where it's getting out into trade. So, no, really excited. It should be something that we all love. I mean, Brooklyn Summer Ale's an iconic one for me. I've drank it over and over again. The first Pekender I attended, it was one. So glad that we're kind of stepping into the foray with it a little bit. So, yeah. Sounds good. Um, and just to emphasize, that's on cask and keg. So yeah. um, for w- whatever your preference is um, during the summer, whether you are someone that kind of goes towards the, the keg beers on a sunny day or whether you still prefer a nice kind of cask, um, then uh, you've got the uh, you've got the option there. Um, one quick thing just to mention before we head off, and that is uh, Peekender. Uh, it's getting ever closer. It's, um, yeah, very close now. Um, tickets still available via the website and keep an eye out exciting news coming very soon about some more breweries that will be uh, announcing in the not too distant future so uh, yeah make sure you're following on all the socials to make sure you uh, you get all, all that information um guys thank you very much for your time and uh, much appreciated three really good beers that we've tried uh, this evening adam if you had to pick a favorite which would it be controversial actually because i was just saying before we recorded how much i was really really loving the california um California, yeah, um, but I really enjoyed the brew actually, and I'm really looking forward to going home and actually a full kind of a, a full bottle of that, and just uh, just 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 getting into it really because I think I've been a bit negative about brutes um, as of late. So yeah, I, I'd, I'd back that up. I'd say the same. I think that the the Vida is the one that I'm looking forward to uh, to having a another bottle of. So there we go. Right, guys, thank you very much, and um, we will be back with another edition of Beer Here Now in June. Oh,